Welcome to another episode of North American Deer Talk, where the fusion of facts and opinions become the education and entertainment for all. This is your host, Josh Newton, and we have another great show for you today. August 18th, recording here on a uh, Tuesday afternoon. Been kind of just, um, you know, you, you get into summer and you kind of go through the motions of of what that looks like and, and get into a routine and a, a grind, if you will. And certainly uh, the dog days of summer come to mind. You know, it's it's uh, rinse, wash, repeat. I think that's what it is, wash, rinse, repeat, something like that. That's what, that's what I can... Uh, I can feel like my my life's like, but anyway, wanted to to uh, check in with you all and, and see how everybody's doing. Um, we have a, a really nice show for you today. We're going to be talking about fawn weaning and running through really a couple different scenarios of what fawn weaning looks like in the traditional sense, and then I'd like to propose a um, more non-traditional method to you and kind of see what you think of it. Let's jump right in. So weaning in the traditional sense. Now, I I would imagine that everybody has a different version of what this is. And there's certainly um, different techniques that you can employ to make this a reality for your farm. So how we always did ours and how I was kind of initially taught is... You know, you have, let's just say you have uh, multiple pens of, of does with fawns in there. You got some doe fawns, you got some buck fawns, and obviously your, excuse me, your your does, okay? So you need to get the fawns separated from mom, hence weaning, right? This is the process where we remove the fawns from mom, get mom, you know, prepped and, and ready to go for the fresh breeding season, and basically, you know, there's a physical separation that takes place. Uh, between the fawns and, and mom. So what we always had um, had done, at least in the, the early years, is we'd go out and we would dart the buck fawns. We'd give them some shots and we'd, you know, maybe give them some LA or something like that or some vitamin B. It was pretty, pretty basic at that time. And we'd move them to another pen. Sometimes that pen was right next door, you know, 16 feet away. We always have Always have raceways in our in our uh, facilities, and this was before we had um, before we had like a handling facility set up. So we go through, and you know, we might get one or two buck fawns in this pen, one or two buck fawns in that pen, and you know that process, depending on the size of the farm, might take you a week or something like that, just to, depending on on time. That worked okay, you know, and and I think many. Many folks today still consider that a, a conventional form of weaning or a typical form of weaning. Again, really basic. Nothing, nothing, um, nothing had changed. Now, the the concept that 
we've been developing over the past few years and kind of uh, I had a couple guys kind of push push me a little bit on this um, and that's the concept of of incorporating number one a vaccine which I think is incredibly important and we'll talk about that in a second as well um, but um, maybe some supplements and um, also the addition of some time, if you will. So that uh, concept we call pre-weaning. And what pre-weaning is, generally, the thought is you have a group of animals in a pen, same, same as I just described. Buck fawns, doe fawns, maybe just buck fawns, but fawns and does. You would either dart or run them through the facility, I prefer the facility at this point, um, depending on my numbers. If I got one buck fawn in a pen that I need to get out, I might just dart them as opposed to, you know, running a couple does that are, that are in there. Um, anyway, so let's 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 let me try to let me try to focus in on this. So you have a pen of pen of deer. There's ten does in there. You have twelve fawns. So you run that you run that group of fawns into the uh, the handling facility, and you go ahead and pass the moms through the chute as they come. But when the fawns get in there, you go ahead and at a minimum, we'd like to give them our NuVac product and EcoVac product. If you feel the need that you have to give some sort of um, wormer, vitamin, perhaps antibiotic, that's fine at that time too. The big thing is the is the um, the vaccine, and again, we 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 recommend the the NuVac two and the EcoVac. Those fawns are let out of the chute and are sent right back into the pen with mom. And some people are saying right now, why the heck after you took all that effort to catch those fawns, would you kick them right back out in mom? And and that's that's the key to this whole thing. When you physically separate fawns from mom you're putting a tremendous stress load on those fawns so anybody that's done this and i'm going to gen i'm going to generalize with these fawns but anybody that has done this process where they physically remove fawns from mom and put them in another pen knows exactly what happens for the first week the first day is it's it's it sounds like a like somebody's be beating these fawns, they're meh, 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 crying for mom the whole time, right? And they pace the fence. And, you know, you dump a bucket of feed in or a bag of feed and you come back the next day, it's barely touched, if at all. Okay. So the food is providing them nutrients. Their cortisol levels are absolutely through the roof. All they want to do is get back over with mom. So their immune systems are challenged. This is a great opportunity with all the things that I just described for perhaps parasites, but in, in, in the case that I like to talk about now, bacteria, to thrive and get unbalanced in their system. So many of these animals are carrying, um, like there's, there's natural E. coli in the, in the gut, clostridium, that stuff's all already in there. It's just kept in balance by a healthy immune system and the microflora, et cetera, in the gut. 
But the gut's the, the gut's the key there. And these animals are not taking in the adequate amounts of nutrition. So they're getting run down a little bit. Like I said, stress, cortisol, everything's through the roof. That moment opens up a whole can of worms, if you will, to these fawns getting sick. And I, I would imagine if you know people track their data pretty well, they're going to see that they have an increased morbidity, the, the chance of animals getting sick or animals getting sick during that one to three week window after physical weaning and perhaps even increased mortality. Now, if I'm trying to create my own inventory and I don't, I don't buy many animals and I want to do the hard work myself by, by breeding animals to create my offspring because that has the lowest cost basis um, of, of any addition to your farm. I want to make sure that those animals live because that inventory to me that I've created, that's cash. That's your cash. So the importance of treating that with, you know, I guess a high degree of respect and, and, um, you know, taking care of that investment is really important. So we let those animals, those fawns that we caught in the chute, right back out with mom. And we give them somewhere between two and four weeks to acclimate again with mom. I prefer three. I like to shoot for 18 to 21 days um, post-catch or post-vaccination, if you will. And this, this is, you know, we're talking, we're talking vaccines here. So, um, about two weeks, those fawns kind of forget about the incident that you just put them through, you know, the, the, the mildly traumatic incident that you put them through. And, uh, you know, I start coming around with mom again, real well, you catch them up again, 18 to 21 days, same thing, get them in the barn give them their booster. At this point, I like to give um, a general antibiotic because we're physically going to separate them now and they are going to have some increased stress. So we might do an LA or, a, you know, a Penji or, you know, you, you, you consult with your veterinarian and pick the ones that you, you prefer, but a general antibiotic. Um, that's going to help with, you know, we'll call it... Uh, in the case of LA, quote unquote, shipping fever, right? It's labeled for shipping fever. Um, this would be akin to, you know, a weaning, a weaning stress, a weaning fever. Um, vitamins are, are also another thing. And we'll, we'll talk about supplements and, and vitamins in a second. But those fawns are then um, put into a pen. Now, here's where some Here's where having space and having some management um, techniques available to you is, is, I think, important. So in that, in that first scenario I played out, the traditional weaning, we would take all our buck fawns from the entire farm. So, you know, four pens worth, right? Four, we had four, four breeding pens to fawn. And we would put those all in one pen. Now... Fawns can, they can, um, because they're a, you know, they're a smaller animal physically, we can 
we can get more of them, you know, per capita on space. So you guys have heard me say, till I'm blue in the face, that we recommend four to six adult deer per acre, um, specifically adult does when fawning. Um, if you run those same numbers for fawns and you look out on an acre and you have, you know, four buck fawns out there in this case, um, it's going to look like you have no deer. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you have that space, use that space. If you don't have that space and you, you need to condense those animals a little bit, that's fine. You have the room to do that. So the least amount of animals on a piece of ground is best. Um, but in our scenario, we ran 10, 10 does and, and 12 fawns. But that's what we ran in the barn. So we put these 12 buck fawns on an acre. I think that's probably fine, at least for the first month or two. Um, they seem to do well in, you know, kind of smaller groups. Now, let's say all four of those pens that we're weaning has the same amount. Now, I've seen guys take those buck fawns, they put them all in one pen, they got 30 buck fawns, or in our case, what we're talking about, what, 12, what, 48 they got 48 buck fawns or 48 fawns in one pen. Now, granted, that pen can be a little bigger. Let's just say they had the space to do it and they had a five-acre pen. That's awesome. The one thing that I really, really don't like about that is the, the need to monitor your youngest generation of animals is the highest. Now, what does that mean? It means that basically all the animals that you have under a year of age have the highest percentage of getting sick with some sort of whatever it is, pneumonia, digestive uh, problem, getting parasites, etc. And, and the reason for this is because they just they don't have a well-developed immune system. Now the vaccine that you're giving them will help with this. But it's not, you know, it's not 100%. So they're still, they're still getting exposed to this environment. They're still training. There's a training lesson that goes on in their, in their systems. Um, and that's how, that's how their immune system is, is developing. Um, it's, it's developing through education, through challenge, through environmental conditions. So we have this this concept, right, of this pre-weaning, and, and ideally, based on those, those pen numbers, I like to run a little bit smaller numbers. So if I had 48 fawns, and I had five-acre pen, I would much prefer to split that five-acre pen, at least for the younger animals till they get to a year old, just because I, they're much easier to monitor. So a lot of guys that have been doing this for a long time, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about when I say this. They can literally do their chores. They can walk out. They can put their bags of feed in the feeders or however, buckets of feed, whatever they do, clean their waters, kind of take a look around the pen and inherently know if something's wrong or if an animal's missing. You know, these, these, these bucks they'll come up or these does they'll come up at feeding. And they'll, they'll just know. Now, 
they might see that animal laying over there and say, that's kind of weird. That guy never lays by himself, right? So they get the binocs on. They look at him. Looks all right. Come in the next day. They check that particular animal. Buck's laying over by himself again. Different spot. Look at him. Ah, something's not right. I, I got the, no way two days in a row. Coincidence, the first day, not the second day. They go over there. They get him up. His foot's the size of, you know, the state of Texas. Just way big. Well, obviously that, that animal needed to, to uh, you know, not get, not get picked on by the social stresses of the other animal. But, you know, a good, good manager is going to see that. So tying that back to, to the fawn care, it is much tougher to pick up something from animals, especially fawns, that you do not know well. You don't know how they interact with all the other fawns that you just brought them in with. You're mixing pens together, potential uh, contamination of bacteria pen to pen um, by certain animals carrying it. And it's just a much tougher deal from a management standpoint. So if you can get smaller pens and work smaller, it doesn't necessarily have to be smaller pens, but smaller groups of animals, it's going to help with your management a lot better. Plus, let's just say that an animal is sick in there or is not feeling well, has a bacteria that potentially could be spread animal to animal or, or, or animal to environment to animal. The scope in which it spreads to other animals is reduced simply by your, your biosecurity measures. So those are, those are some considerations. Now, if we have... If we have, and I, I guess I, I'll touch on, I'll touch on this, um, this education process and, and how I look at how immunity and um, vaccines work to me in a non-scientific way. So if you are a, um, a veterinarian or a, um, an MD or something, and you know, what I'm saying is, is not correct, um, please feel free to shoot me an email, come on the show. I'd be happy to give you some time just so you can, you can, um, you know, explain to folks the, the, the technical end of things, um, which I'm probably not suited well to do, but this is how I envision it. And, and this has always made sense to me. Um, as, as deer develop their immune systems, number one, their, their, uh, rumen is, you know, a way for them to obviously, you know, take, take in food, digest food, um, and then put it through their digestive systems. The, um, as the rumen develops, their immune systems develop. And kind of rule of thumb is, you know, you'd like the rumen to be at least functioning because um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't function when these, these animals are born, not for the first couple weeks. It's developing to function, um, but you want it to function, and, and as it does, the immune system develops too. So look at the vaccine as a as a shot of um, different types of bacteria. Those would be the ones that are are listed in it, right? So you you take these these bacteria, they're put into a, a stable form, and they're basically put in. Uh, into a vehicle to to be able to transfer them from, you know, this bad bacteria to a um, 
to a to a vaccine that can you know help influence the the immune system of the body, if you will. So we inject this we inject this uh, liquid into these animals in the form of vaccine, and the animals respond to them. Now we're we're injecting a number one a controlled amount a certain type of of bacteria, and um, what what happens in the body? Well, the body basically sees these these uh, bacteria that have been injected through this vaccine, and and mind you, these are I know these are this is a, a killed a killed bacterium, but it elicits an immune response. Now, one of the first things that happens is these animals fever. Um, fever is a way for the bodies to you know look at uh, uh, foreign invaders and 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 try to kill them, right? And that's that's an important that's an important thing to remember. You're gonna see um, elevated body temperatures. So the the body has an immune response, and it, it basically fights off these um, this this bad stuff uh, that has been found in the system. The thing is, is once it does that, it remembers that it's a. And I mentioned this uh, prior. It's an education process. It's a learned. Um, a learned system, and it stores that little memory away. When we booster those animals, a booster shot in this case would be somewhere between two and four weeks later. Again, I like that 18 to 21 day mark. Um, when that second shot's given, the body responds in a in a in different way. It's it's similar. But now it remembers, it's like, hey, we saw that before. Let's send those particular soldiers out there to take care of this, right? And they're much more efficient at it. And this is how we get elevated titer levels. And this is the body's immune response and the measure of, of the body's immune response to certain bacteria. And the reason why we give, you know, we, in our case, we recommend biannual boosters is because those tighter levels fluctuate and the body, uh, the, the, the deer's body needs a reminder, a sh another shot, that these bacteria are there and they need to be dealt with, right? So um, that's kind of uh, vaccines in a nutshell. You know, we have a shot, there's a, a learned experience. And, and those things are stored there for a certain amount of time, somewhere between, you know, three and six months. And, and then, uh, you know, the body can call on them at, at will. So we got our, we got our fawns uh, pre-weaned, where we run them prior and kick them back out with mom. And I, I, I know, you know some of you guys have commented before, you know, when we initially released this, that there's no way you're handling your fawns twice. And broken legs this and I, I get it there's certainly an, an inherent risk when you handle these animals um, multiple times but these animals when they are vaccinated are much healthier in my opinion than animals that aren't and that risk to us is worth taking now there there are there are ways that you can safely wean these fawns. You can, oops, excuse me, my, uh, sorry about that, my, uh, my pop cover on my microphone just went flying. Um, so, uh, 
there are ways you can wean these fawns in in safer manner. Maybe you're comfortable darting them. Maybe you can train them to go into the barn with the does. But there are things that you can do. Um, And we feel that the labor and effort in doing this type of system is worth it. So it's something to consider. Additionally, we t- I had mentioned uh, supplements and vitamin- vitamins. I think that there's a, a real place for preloading, if you will, preloading these fawns. That's probably not the best word, but introducing them to uh, certain types of, of probiotics a week or two prior to the the different events that we're talking about with the pre-wean, the pre-weaning, which, you know, obviously is, is handling in both cases. And in the second case, um, you know, a physical, a physical move. So a general, you know, a general probiotic fed all the time, I think is, is good. Um, there's also some more specialized, uh, products and, the ones that we always recommend are from CNE Wildlife. Um, you can find them on the web at cewildlife.com. Uh, great company, good people. Really, really high quality products. Um, and there, there are there are others. You know, don't don't you know discount other companies. We just we've we've used the CNE products for you know 15 years now, and they're just we feel they're the best by far. So that's what we recommend. Um, but there's there's uh, a couple specific products they make. Um, also you could consider adding a, um, a paste to, uh, when you handle them. So like they have an Electromax paste and basically it's a electrolyte, um, uh, paste that's, you know, packed with probiotics as well. You know, again, we want to keep the, we want to keep the pH in the gut stable. We want to keep them functioning. We want to keep them eating. Um, and, and that's a really good way to do it. Certainly, you could su- consider, um, you know, vitamin supplementation, whether that be some uh, EAD, you know, vitamin EAD, um, some B-complex, maybe some, some K. Uh, they, all, there's all different, different types. So those are, those are things I would recommend uh, looking at with your veterinarian nutritionist, whoever you're, you're consulting with. Um, so again, there's, there's, a, there's a couple, there's a couple of those, you know, things that I think are worth review for your program. And, um, you know, perhaps depending on the, the size of your operation, um, you could, you could, uh, you know, if you have, let's just say you have 20 fawns this year, maybe you do 10 with the pre-wean process. Maybe you do 10 without it. And try to, you know, have an un, unbiased look at it and say, okay, like, these animals got sick. These animals didn't. We had excessive treatment that needed to go here. And and do some of your own comparisons. Um, I think that's a, a great way to look at um, introducing new products or strategies into into your management. And, um, you know, it's it's... I think all these things are, are, are worth reviewing. You know, if it, it can save you dollars down the road, uh, it's it's very much worth it to me. We've we've really, I, I feel like we've, in the past, you know, two years or so, we've really taken a hard look at our 
our own program and said, look, these are these are the things that are really important to what we do. Um, with the number one thing being space, and it's the easiest thing to violate, but I can almost guarantee. 90% of the people probably have too many deer on their property and some some people are okay with, you know, shooting some darts of medication at them or handling animals or getting, you know, fawns with pneumonia or whatever those things are. Um, I, I honestly just, I would prefer to be talking with you guys about, you know, um, you know, deer breeding stuff and, 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 and hunting things than you know, talking about how to fix sick animals. I'd rather just work on the preventive side of things. And, and that, I think that'd be a lot better, but, um, I don't want to treat sick animals. I don't want to be out there, you know, spending evenings and nights, you know, humping around, making sure everybody's healthy. Although, you know, obviously we, we do that stuff now, but I can, I have a lot more confidence in our program you know, kind of implementing all these these different types of strategy things that we talk about here on North American Deer Talk. So I think we've we've covered weaning. Um, let me just uh, let me just wrap up by saying that the process of the process of weaning, um, I think, should be reviewed by most. I I continue to push away the traditional methods of weaning for this pre-weaning concept. And we have an article that I've, I've written up. Um, I'll post that in the show notes here. You can read that article on pre-weaning. Uh, it's been published in a, you know, a couple of our, our industry mags. So you might be, might be seeing it again as it's kind of relevant to this, this time of year. Um, you know, if you, if you enjoy the show and you enjoy this content and want to be a supporter of it, or even, um, you know, get a discount on your, your vaccine products. Um, you can sign up for our service solutions membership or our CSM. Um, that also is there in the, in the show notes, 60 bucks for the year. Um, you know, you get, you get some access to a little bit of my knowledge and, and again, you, you kind of help support the, uh, the show. The biggest kicker is you save $90 per bottle with the current discount price on the vaccine. And, um, you know, you can kind of be a part of the, the community that we're, we're trying to build here where, you know, we're just, we're creating better animals. We're creating healthier animals. We're, we're getting a good, you know, forward facing public perception of what we do, how we do it and, um, the importance of, of what we do. So with that, I thank everyone. If anybody wants to reach out, you can shoot me an email. You can find me on Facebook. Um, all the all the usual places and with that we'll wrap up stay tuned for another episode of North American Deer Talk.